Welcome back to Things of Gold, a snarky puppy podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. I'm Ryan Storm. And I'm Megan Glyona, and I'm here with Mr. Young Stuff himself. Ryan, this should be like your new nickname. <laughs> when did it, on when did Twitter. you come up with that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was listening to the show. Yeah. So, <laughs> I didn't put in good. my notes though. It's a tricky yeah, you, yeah. Well yeah, you didn't you didn't want me to know those before. That's that's fine. Well we're <laughs> back. For episode four of the series, uh, we are here with our final show of this kind of first era of the band that we're covering, this 2015, very improvisational, very aggressive era for their live sound. Uh, the show we are covering today, we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but Megan, how are you feeling four episodes into this? I'm feeling great. I feel like I'm starting to really get an understanding of the Snarky Puppy sound. I'm going to finally see them in two days just to tell everybody when we're recording. I know. So I'm just, it's really cool. I love hearing how different so many of the songs can sound from even just a few days later. I think that's what's kind of blowing me away the most is Mm -hmm. the variety and how they take these songs in different places every day. It's just, it's incredible. I mean, the level of musicianship is just really off the charts. So it's been really great. And just wanted to thank everybody who's been reaching out with feedback been really nice to hear from people, especially give a shout out to my brother-in-law, who's the first person who told me about Snarky Puppy. And he's been sending me lots of great feedback. And I want to let him and everybody else know that we're going to try to get into some of the stuff that people are bringing up to us. So we're looking forward to kind of digging in deeper to the history of Snarky Puppy and the musicians. So that's on the horizon. So we're excited about that. Yeah. Reach out to us. Uh, Let us know what your favorite tracks are from shows, bonus tracks, Anything that comes to mind when you listen. Uh, and thank you for listening, of course. Yeah, thanks. Yes. So I also now, this is the first episode that we're recording where I have actually seen the band live. Uh, I saw them last week in Buffalo. It was unbelievable. Um, I had the best time. So much fun to experience it live finally. So now I I actually have cred to talk about their live shows because I've now seen them live. So Megan, you'll finally have cred in the next episode. I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait for that. But your experience was great. You did some uh, rig tours, right? I did. I did. I got some rig tours done uh, with Sean, with Bob Lanzetti, and with JT. Um, Very happy with those. Those will be coming out on the Storm Sound YouTube channel over the next few weeks. So look for those coming soon. And of course, I will continue to accumulate rig tours as I see the band more um, until the goal is to get all 19 of them someday. Um, yes, you can do it. You yeah. know why I love these rig tours that you do? Because you also get this inside look at their personality too, the musicians. Right. Like I think it's really <laughs> fun how that kind of comes through. It's just, it's really great because you learn about obviously their rig and the instruments they're playing with, but it's really cool to learn about who they are and kind of see, you know, their their jokes, their sense of humor, their personality. It's It's really great. Right. It's great. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everyone check those out uh, if you haven't. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, before we get into talking about the show that we're talking about today, but let's talk about a little bit about the background uh, around the show. We have gone uh, about a, just short of a month past the last show. We are here on November 22nd, 2015 in Seattle, Washington. Very unique lineup, very unique sound. This is unfortunately the last show where we will see Sput in this series. Um, and the only, no, just kidding. One of two shows in the series with two guitars in the lineup, but the only one with this two guitar configuration. Oh, and I loved the two guitar lineup yes. in the show. Yeah. And this is also the only show with one keyboardist. Um, this is a very oh, wow. cool lineup. Uh, two guitars, two tenor saxes, one keyboardist. I'll, I'll do the lineup now because I'm, I'm talking about the lineup a Perfect. lot, I think. Uh, we've got Sput on the drums, Nate Worth percussion, Justin Stanton keyboards and trumpet, Mike Mazmaher, of course, trumpet, flugelhorn, and vocals. Uh, it was listed in the show notes, but I don't think he's saying on this show at all. Um, Chris Bullock, tenor sax and flute, Bob Reynolds, tenor sax, Bob Lanzetti, oh, yeah. and Mark Lettieri on the guitar, Michael League on the bass. So, Megan, your thoughts on the overall sound of this gig? Yeah, really cool. Really, this was the first show that I wasn't totally completely focused on the percussion. I felt like the horns and the guitars were standing out a lot more to me than, you know, they always stand out, but 
I was just kept finding myself following their sound in a way that I hadn't yet. And mm-hmm. I really liked how some of the the sounds they were doing were like super interesting, just really different effects. I thought they have some really interesting moments that didn't sound like anything I'd heard from them before. And I cannot believe there's one keyboardist. I mean, he must have been so busy. Like he was doing so much. It's yeah, Justin, Justin's yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. I thought the show was great. I really liked it. A lot of really strong moments, I thought. Mm-hmm. I love it. We've got we've got two Bobs on this show, um, so you know we'll have to call them by their full name or their last name. Oh yeah, name. yeah. I'm really excited about the addition of Bob Reynolds. That was I'm excited to talk about him. Yeah, was, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. What I love also about the two saxes being in 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 this lineup is when they're playing horn parts. It's there's more low end because of two mm. saxes as opposed to multiple trumpets and only one sax. Um, and Bob has a lot of low end in his, in his tone. Um, so it kind of, it kind of beefs up the sound a little bit. Um, so I, I love the way that is. And, you know, yeah, it's really well-rounded. Yeah. You get a little out there before we dive into the show, Megan, you did some, uh, Brian Brinkman level research, <laughs> uh, on, on the venue. Yeah, I was interested in this venue because I was like, what is the Neptune Theater in Seattle? I've actually never been to Seattle. I'm interested in the Pacific Northwest. And so I looked into the theater and it was pretty cool. It was opened in 1921. It's got a capacity of 1,000. For most of its kind of lifetime, it was used for hosting screenings of classic films until 2011, and then it was renovated. It stayed afloat in the 70s by showing Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ryan, have you ever seen Rocky Horror Picture Show? I have not. Okay, you need to change that. It's just, it's like, it's a real cultural touchstone. And apparently it was one of the four movie theaters in the country that showed this for the longest. They showed it every week for 14 years. Wow. It's amazing, right? Yeah, it was like such an event. I mean, I remember I was into theater when I was in high school. So this is something weird theater people do is like dress up and go to see Rocky Horror Picture Show. So this this really struck a chord with me. But it was designated a landmark in 2014. And when it was renovated in 2011, it became a concert space too. So I would love to see a show in this theater. It seems really cool. Yeah. um, Yeah, it seems amazing. Um, I think Goose played there last year. Uh, if, oh, I'm, really? if I'm not mistaken, yeah, last February, um, you should come, you know, if you want to see Seattle, Goose is playing there in what a week and a half, I'll be there. I mean, Two I weeks? think we've already talked about this on Twitter, Next Ryan. Week. I have tried to get myself into this trip with you. Unfortunately, you unfortunately though, this isn't, uh, the storm sound goose podcast, um, which, <laughs> you know, that the, those episodes are longer than this one, but let's yeah. stay on topic here. Uh, or as as on topic as we can. And let's dive into the show. Uh, we start it. off with Kite. Uh, you immediately, immediately, it is evident that there is an extra tenor sax in the lineup. Sounds amazing. Um, and, you know, Justin showing off immediately with a beautiful road solo after, of course, Maz takes very nice one on, on flugelhorn, very clean. It's very laid back. You know, I, I like a Kite opener. It's kind of, yeah. I, I love a straw man opener and I also love a kite opener. They're like very opposite ways to start the show, but I think they, they work very, very well. What what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it kind of eases you in. There's like this melancholy intro and the horns just sound so smooth. And when the drums kick in, it is just so satisfying. And then I love that it's just kind of like the Justin and Michael, you know, you've got that kind of those two playing against each other and it's I mm-hmm. love 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 when this band gets quiet
really magical, and I've talked about it before, but when a band that can get so big gets quiet, it's super powerful, and they do that quite a few times in the show, and it's super, super, super effective. I love this way to start the show. It eases you in. There's a really nice build to the end of the song. The drums just absolutely get after it, and there's just but... this beautiful <laughs> ending with this like perfect, long, sustained note. It's really lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get we get the full Sput and Nate uh, pairing in this, you know, the ghost note pairing, which I was very lucky to see live this past September. No way. What was that like? They're amazing. I saw them, you know, at, at the at the Rex Hotel in Toronto, which is like a legendary jazz bar. Um, Snarky Puppy played there like 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a really, really, really fun band, just in your face funk um and seeing the two of them you know play drums together up close was crazy i mean um, i can't it's just a percussion band right it's just no so it just it, i don't know what michael meant yeah by it in that. this show when he said it's okay. a all percussion band um but no it's he they they've got uh keys bass guitar horns vocals okay. like whole thing they do a lot of covers um funk songs so it's that sounds it's fun. a lot of fun. I think I yeah. would really like that. You, Do you they would. still tour ever? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna I just them. saw them. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And then from Kite, we move into Bent Nails. Um, this one, we see the this is this is the first Bent Nails on the pod, uh, I believe. Yeah, actually. Yeah, first yes, time I've heard a, it. Mm -hmm. This is the first one. We we're looking at this. Um, this and Young Stuff, which we will get to later in the episode have a similar kind of structure where there's this more aggressive and faster first half of the song and then a more laid back second half. Um, mm -hmm. So I love, you know, the way this starts. You hear the dual guitars. Uh, shout out to, I believe, uh, it's Nick Hard who mixed these shows. He kind of put Lanzetti in your left ear and Latiri in your right ear. Um, so you can very easily distinguish, you know, their two guitar sounds by which direction it's coming from. Um, and they're, they're, they're feeling great together. Uh, oh my here. God. The, the mix on this show, I don't know a lot about audio mixing, but it is so perfect. Even I can tell it's just mm -hmm. all the levels just sound so right. Like everybody sounds exactly where you want to hear them. It's amazing. And, and Moz takes a second soul of the night already this time, you know, complete opposite of his very gentle, clean kite flugelhorn solo. He goes in on, on the effects. The show notes actually just say that Bullock takes the solo here and completely overlooks that Moz takes a really great uh, effect <laughs> and trumpet solo here. So um, both of them, you know, great showing and, um, you know, Justin's comping on Rhodes during these horn solos is, again, just amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the crowd is so into this and it's like such a nice up-tempo change after Kite. It's, I really like this song. The drum solo breakdown then is just incredible. I mean, mm -hmm. like it's so funky and then everybody comes in like really softly, kind of one by one. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then we get uh, on, on the back half, you know, the, the jazzier section, jazzier yeah. solo section. We get Mark just unleashing an incredible uh, jazz guitar solo. Um, you know, you have this you have this very Mark Latiri vibe for a lot of it with the more rock and roll, with the funk, um, you know, that heavy rhythm guitar that we talked about a lot uh, in episode two. Um, but you also have these like th these moments of just pure jazz yeah. in, in his solo, and that's also due to what Sput's doing. You know, he gets into this real swing. Uh, with the groove here it also feels at times like mark's playing like a flood intro over this solo mm. uh, which is just like super spacey lots of atmosphere to it so but yeah i i loved i love this version Thank you. 
Yeah, I really like this section. It's so cool. The horns come back in and it's really playful. And then you hear the guitar just start to like poke out. And it's super delicate. It's really high. It's so patient. It just builds mm -hmm. up into this like and then it starts to build to this like really nice rock and roll vibe. Like it's really cool. I, I love this song. I think it's a great, great song. Mm -hmm. And then next up, we got our second outlier of the series and our grand introduction to Bob Reynolds uh, on the sax. This kind of shook me. We were texting. You, you right? weren't. You weren't ready for it. You were not ready. <laughs> I was for not it. expecting it. I just like, you know. Michael introduces it like this is a song Justin wrote for We Like It Here, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know outlier. And then I, does he intro Bob Reynolds? I don't know, but there's just he intros him, says, right? It's gonna feature Bob who yeah yeah who joined the band at the time of the We Like It Here recording, but hadn't toured with them, like hadn't played live with them until this leg of tour, this short West Coast leg in November of 2015. Yeah, um, it's like so. it's this song has like a kind of like a a 70s prog rock intro and the synths come in like super cool and trippy and that repeated riff is just so catchy and it like lures you in and then it switches up to the horns and then this horn solo like oh my god it is so sexy like the whole band comes in it's just so satisfying I mean yeah I was texting you like I don't know what's happening right now and you you were like <laughs> welcome to the Bob Reynolds fan club yeah I'm like yeah I'm, I'm a card carrying member now I guess like this guy fucking rules he's incredible this solo yep. is so good it's that it's that incredibly smooth tone uh yeah. he's got that i i really really love um there are some amazing moments that we'll get to in future episode at episodes future episodes, episodes uh with him episodes um <laughs> i i love you know his work when he when he takes on uh like the thing of gold solo he just sounds so good um in all these places and it's really also interesting to compare it to how Bullock approaches Outlier. You know, when we heard in episode mm. two, Bullock play on this song, you know, he kind of just tore into it with effects, very, very dirty, very grimy. And this one is just like, you know, it's brighter, obviously, and it's sexier and it's it's so different. Um, and also Sput's drumming during this solo is incredible. for a song to sound totally different because different people mm -hmm. are playing it and just what they bring to it at each moment is just it's really fascinating I you know it's because there's so few bands that are structured like this it's really unique to them I think it's just really interesting how the band is structured and how that affects their music yeah definitely definitely next up we've got young stuff another it's first, your song uh, it's your for song our podcast <laughs> It's your uh -huh. song. I really feel like, you know how they call you Young Ryan on Twitter? Like, Young Stuff could also be like a nickname for you. I'm going to try to, you know, push that. Could. Yeah, you make, you make that a thing. Uh, <laughs> I'll make it a thing. There, there are a lot of more snarky puppy fans closer to my age than there are fish fans. So, Is that true? That's probably true. Yeah. I, I know more people my age who are like actually are into this. So that that's cool. Um, who are actually into this as opposed to the other stuff you like, which is only like old people. The stuff. other stuff that I try to, <laughs> you know, shove down the throats of everyone. Yeah. Um, but, I, but anyway, so young stuff here. Um, you know, I, I, I absolutely love this song. I absolutely adore this version. We're going to hear another great one as the bonus track in the next episode. Um, oh, nice. a very different sounding band, of course. 
Um, that one has a Bob Reynolds solo, um, which we will, you know, oh my God. We'll talk about this that. Like, this is like Christmas episode. when I get to hear like what's coming up because I don't know. And, and right. it's, it's so <laughs> it's exciting. All, it's like, it's, it's all, all surprises. exciting to me. Yeah. It's all surprises. <laughs> um, so we get this, um, you know, Bullock takes the first solo, great solo. You had a, you had a really cool analogy for this one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th this song is like one big strut, you know? It's just like you're kind of like, it's just a confident, sultry sound. It's like how you feel when like, and maybe this is just how we feel right now because it's like spring and it's starting to be nice in New York City. It's like when it's New York City and it's like Sunday and you don't have anywhere to be, the sun is out, you're like wearing a great outfit, you're about to have brunch in West Village, you know, maybe you'll even have like a Bloody Mary, you know, like something crazy, like 11 a.m. Like it's just it's young stuff. You know, that's young stuff. It's mm -hmm. good. It's really yeah. good. I love this song too. And the second half of this one, Michael's bass solo, which is really like a, this is incredibly improvisational that this second half of the song here, um, you know, Michael talks about it in the show notes. Um, as Michael develops some melodic ideas over the outro with Justin providing key bass support on the bottom. That is not an accurate representation of what is happening. I would say it's Michael <laughs> takes a bass solo and, and Justin's like, do something, do more things. I'm going to do yeah. something really cool that makes you do something really cool. And it's so amazing. And then the, like the rest of the band kind of gets in on it a little bit. Like Sput's playing around Michael's solo. Lanzetti's doing some spacey stuff, you know, kind of textures yeah. in the background very very full band improvisational and it's also cool because since it's still technically a bass solo everyone's kind of hanging back to give michael more space because you know obviously if they're doing too much you're not going to be able to focus on the bass which is the the focal point of this section of the song which i think is like what really works about these kind of solos in yeah. these shows is that it does create space where there's like an unhurried feeling i mean this section is so different from what i've heard them do there's like a falling quality to it it's really captivating i had in my notes like is this improvised because it sounds like it is and it's just so interesting it's kind of like edge of edge of your seat music it's mm -hmm super unhurried and when a band is like in the pocket like this there's just like nothing like it and i kept feeling like that this moment was one of those like they really were feeling it and they were listening to each other in a really incredible way I also love towards the end when Michael turns on his synth effect and he and Justin are kind of like, you know, both on synth yeah. bass. Uh, and it's like a really cool off kilter kind of sound. Um, yeah, I, I had the same exact words like off kilter. It's just, but in like a good way. It's not boring. 
it's a really, really original sound. Yeah. This is a very, very cool, really cool song. And I'm excited that I get to hear it again next episode. Yeah. Different way. Yeah. It almost goes, it almost goes type two here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're almost it's, it's close. in our Jambion world. Yeah, I love it. This is, this is the closest we're going to get until episode 10. Uh, but that's a, you know. That's the story for six episodes from now. <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> no, we're not there yet. Next up, we've got Tio Makako. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this one. You know, I kind of said in the last episode, uh, I don't love this song. Uh, I feel like, especially in a show like this, where this lineup is so cool, like this takes up 15 minutes of the set um, with basically seven or eight minutes of drum solo, um, which... Is cool because Sput and Nate are amazing, as I mentioned, but it's not nearly as engaging as the other music that they're playing. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's I fun. think it has has a really nice placement in the set list. You know, I like their songs that are more like funky or sexy or jazzy, but this percussion solo, I mean, the bongos just has this like rolling feeling to it. I think the solo is amazing and. In my head, I had just been thinking what I talked about earlier is that this show like seems less about percussion and then this happens. I'm like, okay. And <laughs> nope. I'm here like, yeah, never mind. And I'm walking to work this morning listening to this thinking like, I just want to like drop everything and just shake my ass. Like it really is dancey. I love it. The crowd is just like boring and he's got them in the palm of his hand. Love it. Yeah, I mean, Nate and Spud are both incredibly talented in what they do. Yeah. This is true. Up after that, we get a, a fairly standard Shofakon, uh, very short, very to the point. This is the only time that Justin plays horns, which means there are no keyboards on this song whatsoever. Um, wow, I don't think I realized that. That's amazing. Something I love this about. song. Yeah, I love this intro. I love how someone's like yelling like, hey, Hey, and they get this like tribal beat going. This, I really, this song has really like found its way into my heart. I really like this song. And yeah, this horn solo is just absolutely beautiful. And the way that they mm -hmm. layer this song is just really pretty. Um, and I love the sing along. It's fun. The crowd gets so into it. It, it. It's great. And, and of course that amazing guitar riff over the, you know, the, the last section of it is even more amazing in this one because it's being played by two guitarists at the same time. Um, yeah. so you're getting it from, you know, from both sides in your headphones, which I love. Now we have one of my favorite linguses ever Yeah. with, with, with this lingus, you know, they, they, you know, they, they go right into it, uh, from Shofakan, you know, there's no encore break yet. They just right into lingus. Yeah. The, the, in, in those initial guitar breaks at the beginning of the song, Lanzetti and Latiri together sound amazing. Um, mm -hmm. you know. A lot more like studio version where you have the, the layers of guitar on top of each other on that you know the horn sound feels super full great trading from uh Maz and bullock in that section yeah you got anything to say about the first part funky weird horn sounds i mean that sounds really really cool it's really interesting mm -hmm. and then michael comes in and starts doing the band intros and i love how they come in during these intros there's just this deep funk jam under and that's yeah. when Michael actually mentions Ghost Note, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's that's, that's Justin Justin Sput and Nate there uh, doing Ugh. some house stuff, um, which is obviously going to come back in a big way in yeah. uh, during the solo. But Justin's Justin's key bass is one of the stars of this show for sure. Um, yeah, what, what it's he's so doing. good. Yeah, I think, and then Bob comes in with his solo, and yeah, oh my god, and also it's so cool. Because Bob starts his solo by teasing like the horn lines from the end of the song. Um, and then also, you know, Sput plays nothing for the beginning mm -hmm. of it. 
Like absolutely nothing. So it's just Bob and a synth bass. And then Bob plays a cool lick and then Justin mimics it. So like different, uh. you know, it's not, it's not just a straight lingus solo here. Like there's interplay happening. Um, and it's cool. Um, this is noted in the show notes. This is the first time that they put a tenor sax on lingus, um, which has obviously oh, wow. happened many times since then. Um, but this is cool, you know, trying something new. Um, and they go in a very, very different direction with this one. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I just, I need to know more about this musician. He's so effortless. You can. He used to play with John Mayer. Really? Yeah. He went to Berkeley with John Mayer, I think, uh, and okay. played with him for a little while. I would recommend to anybody and to you also, uh, he has an album called Guitar Band um, that was recorded live, similar to how Snarky Puppy does theirs, um, with. Uh, Sput on drums, um, Mark Letiri on guitar, um, and a couple other guys who are very, very talented. But this is an amazing, amazing album. Um, oh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, he's yeah. incredible. He's just so soulful. Yeah, he's just, you know, there's some people that when they play an instrument that requires breath work, you can hear it in a way mm-hmm. that is, it makes it sound so genuine and like, from deep inside of them in a way that you just can't you can't teach that shit you can't fake it you know you've either got it or you don't he's got it he's got it Mm -hmm. and yeah and so for the bulk of this solo they're in this house groove again Sput just throws it into this house groove justin like just the the synth bass is so deep and this is this is your kind of lingus this is i know i'm into it I'm into it. Listen, when that beat dropped in, I was like, this is so good. It's like dancey and the guitar comes in and this is probably my favorite moment from the show. good it's just so textured and layered and it's it's awesome and then we get a little pre-encore spiel from michael talking about how they've been on tour for the last three months pretty much which is so this whole season so far uh these first four episodes um michael justin maz and bullock have all been on tour with no breaks and they went you know they started in texas i believe in mid-September, um, and then kind of went, they went from Texas to the East Coast to the West Coast, like stopping in Colorado, I think, too, um, in September, and then they went to Japan, and then they did a very extensive tour of Europe. Um, they were in Turkey, I think they ended the tour, and then they played a like a short run in South America uh, in mid-November, and then now they're back here on the West Coast uh, for this run. But he talks about how they are about to, like, they're just, like, less than a week away from going into the studio to record Culture Vulture, um, which is really cool. Um, you know, I'm surprised that, given that, that there aren't more band members um, yeah. on this on this leg. Like, you know, last year, in the few shows leading up to the Empire Central sessions, they had, like, a, you know, the full horn section, kind of an expanded lineup. Um so in, interesting to see, but cool to kind of put in perspective. Like they've been on tour for three months and they still sound this good. I know. And they're going to finish this tour and go straight to the studio to record. I mean, this yeah. relentless. It's amazing. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah, I know they sound tight, energized. They do not sound tired at all. 
it's and I think it's cool too. Michael mentions like that he worked with a jazz group from a local high school, and you can hear those kids like freaking out at the show. And I just think it's really cool that he's recognizing that and acknowledging that and doing stuff like that when they're touring, even after this like grueling touring schedule. And then I thought it was also really neat that he mentioned that the last time they were in Seattle, they played a club that was the size size of the stage. So mm-hmm. it just shows like massive growth for them. Which yeah, is which also. Exciting. It, it's it's so funny hearing, you know, from them, like in the old days when they used to play uh, a show where there were more people in the band than in the audience. Yeah, that's amazing. Is, yeah. You know, you have like 10 people on stage and seven people watching. Like, it's just it's that funny. takes so much courage and yeah tenacity and persistence to do that. I mean, it's I was an actor in a former life and. I remember doing plays where there are very few people in the audience and it is very hard to do that. It's mm-hmm. so much easier when there's a packed room and everybody's like cheering for you. It's a lot harder when there's no one out there and you've got to go out there and give it your all anyway. Like, Yeah. Bob, Bob Lanzetti and I were talking about, uh, you know, before we did the rig tour last week, uh, we were talking about they played a gig at the Rockwood Music Hall in New York in like tw- late 2010, I think. Um, and, you know, there are so many of them on such a small stage. Uh, and I said, you know, there's there's some great YouTube footage uh, of a couple of songs from that gig. But you can see, like, Bob is, like, straddling his pedal board on stage. Oh like, he can't God. even stand behind him. <laughs> yeah. So you see he has to, like, you know, adjust every time he wants to hit a pedal and also be, you know, make sure he doesn't, like, knock Justin or Michael else, with yeah. his headstock. Like, so they're all so tight on this stage. And so it's really cool to, you know, hear about this and, you know, also you know, see them in, obviously you're seeing them at the Beacon Theater in a couple of days. I've seen them at um, the Beacon, you know, awesome. like, yeah, like that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they're going to throw down pretty hard. It's going to be great. Uh, and mm-hmm. we still got two songs left to talk about today. Awesome. Uh, so let's talk about this. What about me encore double guitar? What about me? Thank God for double guitar. What about me is if you, if you listen closely, you can hear them do what they do on the studio recording. Um, which is swap who plays what part when. So Mark plays the melody line on the first go through um, as kind of the lead instrument there. And, and Lanzetti takes the, like the, the, the rhythm, the rhythmic chords with the horns. And then they swap uh, for the second one. So Mark plays the, the rhythm part and Lanzetti plays the lead part. Cool to hear that with the guitars and not just one guitar and horns, um, which is what we usually get. Yeah. I, I have to say when I saw your notes, Ryan, I thought like it says double guitar wham. And at first I was like, (laughs) maybe that's like a Canadian like expression, like wham, like this is awesome. But now I get it. It's what about me? Um, It's all making sense now. But this song just opens in such a huge way. I really love the quiet section. It's so eerie and psychedelic with the like resounding drum beat. It almost has this Mm -hmm. kind of indie rock feel to it. This solo is so soft and fuzzy and it's, so so good yeah but i want to know what combination of pedals lanzetti was using to make this tone because it's it's like it's so much fuzz but it also sounds so compressed and the way that it just kind of like builds in um is i've never heard anything like it it's really cool yeah it's super interesting a lot of a lot of bends justin gets on the action with some more again justin Justin on the Moog bass, which I'm going to, you know, compliment him so much when we talk about the drum solo here. But this is like just ends up being a really, really aggressive solo, um, you know, absolute shred of clock. And it's so funny. It's so distorted and so fuzzy that it almost gets lost behind the horns during the during the vamp uh, of the yeah. solo, which mm-hmm. is really funny. Yeah, it was na- it's a nasty solo. And when the band comes back in, it's so great really Mm -hmm. satisfying and so this is also a hell of a send-off for the uh this kind of what about me drum solo Uh, for all the versions going forward uh we're gonna hear michael uh take it instead of the synth bass and they're not gonna do these crazy modulations and whatnots um which i hope they bring back someday because it's really cool and really fun um and justin is really good at it as evidenced here um, yeah. where Justin and Sput are just playing off each other. You know, Sput's he could just take a drum solo and leave Justin to do his stuff, whatever. But Sput immediately starts playing with Justin. 
um you know they're they're playing off each other it's clear that they're making eye contact like at the gig like they're watching each other and i'm sure everyone's like smiling like holy shit this is really cool <laughs> um but you know justin varies up what he's playing for the baseline adds in some chords on the synth um you know he teases binky at one point like it, i mean and and spot is just absolutely insane like this is the kind of this is a really long drum solo, but I'm engaged throughout this whole drum solo because there's yeah. this interplay happening. Like it's this is much more engaging and exciting to me than the TO drum solo. super dynamic you know you like to see the band members kind of engaging with each other and and egging each other on and encouraging each other and inspiring each other and that's something you hear in this one and what a way to end the show yeah 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 what a, what a way to end the show um you know but you know he he knew that someday this was going to be the last show of his that we were going to be discussing on a podcast and so he knew that this would be going out in style unfortunately uh, <laughs> we don't have uh, the, the recordings from the rest of this leg of tour um, are not available online, which I'm very sad about. Um, I hope someday they can find the hard drive with them on it because I would love to hear more shows with this lineup. Um, yeah, me too. Super cool. Super, super cool. But so we got, we're going to get into today's bonus track, which um, very different lineup. It's from the week prior um, in Chile. I've taken the Lingus from November 16th, 2015, because, I, you know, we just had this Bob Reynolds version, and I really, really just want to highlight Bill Lawrence on piano. Um, I mean, like, wow. I, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so, ridiculous. Yeah. It's, you start, and then I'll add to it. Yeah, thank you. It, it's so good the way he builds from nothing, just this beautiful classical piano. Um for so long and it just builds and builds and builds and then like just it's it's this piano it's it's amazing um you know this this is actually the first time we hear drummer jameson ross this was his first run with the band ever this south american run uh he does great we'll see him again uh in 2018 and 2019 when we get to those shows um but man, this this Bill solo is absolutely amazing. You know, nice percussion from Marcelo, um, and Bill Bill then switches to synth for the ending part of the solo. And then, you know, he was he was really feeling it so much that after the song ends, he like does an extra little you know synth and road <laughs> uh, ending, which which I absolutely love. But man, this this solo just hits perfectly. Oh my god, it's so good! And I just looked it up. It's this show was at the Teatro Nez Cafe de las Arts in Santiago, Chile. So you were right. There we go. Um, yeah, but this, I loved this Lingus. So different from the one we heard earlier. There's just mm -hmm. funky, juicy keyboards, super squishy to begin with. It's really rich sounding. It has this like great stop moment, which really builds the tension. They're doing like lots of cool effects. The audience is clapping and the drums. It's like, it's just really high energy. And then boom. There's just a complete change of pace. They drop to this absolutely gorgeous romantic piano solo. You know, this band can change on a dime and make you feel like it was inevitable, which I think is very rare. And as he's doing this solo, it's, yeah, it's just absolutely stunning. I mean, it's, it's a must hear if you like Snarky Puppy or you like piano. It's absolutely beautiful.
chimes come over it, really lovely. And the energy in the rest of the song just builds in this really organic way. I think it's just really cool that they can start out with this like funky, juicy, kind of synthetic sound and end mm-hmm. in this like really organic piano sound. It's it's really special. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of the first part of the first season of Things of Gold. We have now reached the end of the We Like It Here era. Um, we are going to be moving on to the Culture Vulture era of the band for the next four episodes, starting, of course, with our next episode, um, which eh, I'll, I'll spoil it now. We're going to be covering 5917 from Brussels. Um, we're going back to Europe. Uh, this show is going to be a lot of new songs uh, for us. It's it's all Culture Vulture, except for, you know, the usual, you know, What About Me and Lingus closers. Um we're going to finally get some Larnell Lewis on the drums. We are going to get Chris McQueen on guitar, who we have not heard from yet. So there's a lot of new, a lot of new to talk about uh, in the next episode. And of course, over the next four episodes, we will be, I, I think the time frames are, the time periods between episodes are going to start getting a bit longer. Um, you know, we're going to cover two years or just short of a year in the span of the next four episodes as opposed to, you know, three months. Um, but you know, Megan, what what are your overall thoughts on this this fall twenty fifteen tour and sound? Yeah, I mean, I like it here. I'm not ready to leave this era. <laughs> it, it's really good. It's Me just too. it's dynamic. It's amazing. I think it's it's been a really cool introduction to the band to start kind of chronologically listening. You know, in two thousand fifteen, and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see where it goes next. I think that's the most interesting thing about this band is their it's so dynamic and yeah, I'm interested to hear how all this new music and this new lineup a year and a half later affects the sound. Yeah. And we're going two whole episodes without a quartermaster, which is crazy. That is crazy. Like, we've covered, how many have we covered? One today. We covered a lot. Well, we had there one. one today. Yeah. No, we had five in the first three episodes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. I'm ha- I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. We had five in the first three episodes. No quartermaster today, no quartermaster in the next episode, but it's coming back. Don't worry. Um, I, yeah, you know, and I have some new I, favorites now, so it's all good. There we go. Um, and, you know, the next time we're here, you will have seen the band. We can talk yeah. all about your experience at the Beacon uh, this weekend. Um, I'm very excited uh, for you to hear that. Of course, reach out to us on social media. Tell us what you're listening to. Tell us what you think of this show. Share your experience at shows with us as well. Any snarky puppy discourse or discussion we want to hear it at things of gold pod uh give us a follow as well yeah tag us let us know what you're up to it's been so fun seeing some of these videos from the shows mm-hmm. and it's just exciting that they're at tour while we're doing this it's, it's really great it's very exciting yeah. all right well everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode of things of gold i hope you have a fantastic day and we will see you next time Oh,